Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm always glad to be here because I enjoy doing it, and I like being here. One of the reasons. But of course, giving you my straight answers, my unbiased answers, is what you want, and I hope that that's why you're listening, and I hope that's why you call. I have no hidden agendas. I'm not trying to push anything on you. In fact, it will be mostly your questions. You know, that drive this show. Not, not what I want to talk about. It's what you want to talk about. So by now, it should be obvious that at some point in your life, you will realize that when it comes to financial planning over the long term, you're the one in charge. You're the one that has to get it right. You're the one, if you make a mistake, it's your future. Not somebody else's, yours. So the sooner you get started and the sooner you start looking at it, the better off you're going to be. It's been proven over and over and over again. If you get started very early in your career and get be dedicated about it, the vast amount of improvement you'll have in your investments and your financial life when you get older. I know young people don't think about it, but they should. Now, the geopolitical chaos in Russia and Ukraine is affecting the market. We all know that. And it's a good example of world events that can cause volatility. I mean, it's obvious, but is it going to destroy our economy? Is it going to, how how big of an effect will it have on the stock market? It's having an effect, not saying that. And it'll have some minor impact on our economy, but how big can it be? When you're looking at Russia's entire economy is what, 1.3 trillion? And and, uh, Ukraine is a fraction of that. And we're 20, 21, 22 trillion. The rest of the world is, you know, it just isn't big enough, no matter what happens. So, but it, but the worry is there. So it will affect us. So with that said, Justin Klein, I have always told you, the market can be volatile and unpredictable. And we've been witnessing that certain circumstance right now. It's playing out now, right in front of us. But you can prepare for it. And I hope you have prepared for it. And then you can take advantage of it. Volatility doesn't necessarily always mean down volatility. You have up volatility as well. So get ready to do something. Okay? Now, you want accurate, perform, uh, accurate performance analysis and better strategies going forward. So I'm going to help you. 
You can do this on this show and this podcast right now. Of course, you want answers specifically directed to your situation, your particular stock or whatever. And, of course, we'll do that. We'll answer that. Hopefully, those uh, will help others that are listening in, too. So, now, on this podcast, we will operate, we always do, with our same Mitchell statement at the very beginning. Independent thinking shared success, and that means we're going to give you the straight answer. We're going to give you honest answers and unbiased answers, and we'll always do that. Give us a call. We want to talk to you, and we're first going to go to James in New York. Wants to talk about Nike. Hi, James. How are you today? Good. Thank you for the call. Good. Uh, yes. Uh, so I hold Nike currently, very small position in my portfolio, about one percent. Um, but I was thinking of maybe moving on. There's nothing exciting happening with that position. The dividend is kind of small, so I was thinking of maybe exiting Nike, but. I do appreciate that it's a good company and maybe it's worth holding on to. I just wanted to see your thoughts. Yeah, it's a little expensive. Nike has always been expensive. It always has. Um, and, of course, no one knows it always will. But they have such a great return on equity, 55%. Management owns 4% of a $209 billion company. You know, so um, – it's at 132 down from a, what, $170, $180 a share. And I think this is the point where you probably want to hold on to it, not necessarily sell it. Now, if you can find a better opportunity somewhere else, I don't have a problem with that. Switching from this to another company, it depends on your portfolio. If you don't have enough commodities, let's say, in your portfolio, and this is one of the stocks that you want to trade out to go there, I don't have a problem with that either. But I do think Nike is one of those companies you could hold and you'll do well over the years. I do. James, thanks for the call. Nike, N-K-E, everybody. You know, the athletic footwear people. I'm sure everybody already knew that. So that's why I didn't bring it up. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So let's take a look at what went on today. Um, My focus point today, by the way, is going to be what... Which funds had heavy holdings in Russia debt? Which funds had heavy holdings in Russia debt? Why are we talking about that? Well, have you seen the Russian currency? And that's another talking point. I want to talk about Russian's currency. Have you seen it? What's happened to it? I also want to talk about facts about oil and our oil here in the United States. Some facts instead of the speculations that's out there. And Goldman Sachs says commodities will rally on Russia's invasion. Now, what was it, a week or so ago I talked to you about Goldman Sachs says we're going to have a super cycle in commodities. They were thinking that we're going to have a super cycle or the possibility of a super cycle in commodities. And this week they're thinking the Russian-Ukraine thing is going to make um, uh, 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 commodities move up in price, rally. So they're pretty, they're pretty upbeat about commodities, Goldman Sachs has been. But what do you guys want to talk about? We'll talk about anything you want. The market today, the Dow was down 598 points, the Nasdaq down 219, and the S&P down 68. Now there, I think this was the second worst day for the Dow of the year. And the Dow, I think, is really close to a 10% correction. The, S&P, the Nasdaq is more worse than 20%. And that's moving into a bear market for the Dow and the NASDAQ. And the S&P 500 is in between there. 
10 to 20. So that's what the market did today. How's your portfolio holding up? Hopefully it's holding up well. Hopefully you made some adjustments way before this happened. Hopefully at the end of last year, before the end of the year, you re, uh, revamped and reorganized and rebalanced all your positions. And hopefully you've been listening to us and held on to your gold positions and added to some commodities because you'd be very happy at this point. That's a hope. We have a good news for InvestTalk listeners that enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a fast pace. We have just posted an all-new February Rapid Fire Hour. It's available now as a free podcast download. So please tell your friends and about the InvestTalk Rapid Fire podcast. Lots of questions answered in a very short period of time. And now the InvestTalk phone lines are open. You can call 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is here to help. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open 888 99Chart. Hey, Stephen Justin. I had a question on 401ks. My employer offers a 5% match. Pretty sure this upcoming year there is a $20,000 limit. My question is can I contribute $20,000 and the employer still offers the 5% match? So it would actually be a little over that, or will I miss out on the match if I contribute $20,000 of my own money? Looking forward to your answer on the show. Thanks, guys. Okay, of course, it depends on exactly how that's worded, how that match is worded. Sometimes they put a limit on it, 5% up to whatever, you know. So you want to know if it's a 5% limit up to your uh, total contribution in your 401k for the year. In other words, it could be up to what, 24,000? And then they match 5% of that? Is that what it says? You know, I, I don't know, but it can be that. And if it's a straight 5% match with no strings attached, yes, you can put the limit and they'll put in 5% more. So, that, you know, it's free money. Why wouldn't you try to max it out as much as you can? I would. I would. Everybody offered me free money. So... That's like a 5% raise going straight into your retirement account. How good is that? My focus point today is based on the story behind the question of which funds have heavy holdings of Russian debt? Okay, and why is that such a bad thing? Because the Russian ruble has collapsed. I mean, we're talking about collapsed in value. I mean, you're, you're talking about it was, let's see, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, it was like 12 cents per every, it was worth 12 cents of the dollar. The U.S. dollar, one dollar, the rubles were 12 cents. And it went down to one cent, one cent, just very quickly overnight. So let's say you have Russian debt in, of course, ruble dollars. So you've been crushed. You would be crushed in any assets you had if it's in rubles. Yeah, and you and it's you, how do you get out? You panic out of it. You sell out. You take the loss. How do you do that? Well, which ETFs or which bond funds? Which funds have that kind of money? Have Russian debt? And how much? Well, the. GOG Partners Emerging Markets Equity Fund has 16% of their assets in Russian debt. 
GMO emerging market has 13%. Janice Henderson emerging market has 12%. Uh, Invesco emerging markets has 11. Wasachi Frontier emerging market has 11. Uh, Cambia, Cambia uh, almost 9.6%. Invesco, Artisan, Morgan Stanley, 8% or more. So that's quite a big chunk of their assets in just one market and in a market that's collapsed. And it's probably still going to continue to collapse with all the sanctions they're putting on the Russian economy. I don't see how it's going to not collapse. So just be aware that emerging market funds, this is one of the risks you take whenever you invest in foreign markets. It's a political risk that many people don't take in consideration. They just see opportunity and don't look at the other side of the coin. And just as a reminder, buying stocks, bonds, or any kind of asset in an emerging market, one of the major things you have to concern yourself with is geopolitical risk. Not just the funds and the quality of the bonds or the quality of the companies there. The geopolitical risk is very high. And then you got to add the next biggest risk, and that's the uh, conversion rate of whatever currency you're trading that in. Be aware. That's your job. Be aware. So when people take time to leave an Investop podcast review on iTunes, we like to thank them. As you know, we do. And so we like to answer their questions quickly. So here is a question from iTunes reviewer. It's from uh, Dalen. I have a question about SHMP. Let me pull that up. S-H-1-S-H-M-P. Okay. Uh, it's natural shrimp. It's Natural Shrimp, a company headquartered out of Dallas that is a penny stock, but all COVID, but all COVID they have been buying more and more capital to grow their business, and they are finally making sales. So, well, let's take a look at it. Uh, HM, is it? Um. S H M P S. A lot of times those penny stocks do not come up, and this one is not coming up. Penny stocks. Stay away from penny stocks. That's my warning. Most of them go out of business. Why would you buy a penny stock? Just because it costs a penny? Three cents or a quarter or 80 cents? Whatever it is. Why? Does it make money? Having sales is great, but it doesn't make money yet. It's a very high-risk position. Justin and I are grateful for your podcast support, and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware of two other ways. We'll do that right after the break. 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Long-time listener. Thank you for all the help that you guys do. Just wanted to get your thoughts on high-dividend-paying ETFs. Uh, I was looking at two of them, SDIB 
and SPHD. Just wanted to get your thoughts on them and uh, see what you think and if they're worth it. I'll listen for your answer. Thank you. Okay. Um, dividends, you know, always is a very nice thing to have when you have a market that's like what we're dealing with. Collecting those dividends, no matter what happens, is really nice. Now, SDIV is Global X Super Dividend, change-rated fund seeking performance corresponding to the Selective Global Super Dividend Index. It says it's paying 10.1%. you got to be careful. I'd like to know how it's getting 10.1% in dividends when the average dividend out there is like 3 Okay, so... Uh, how are you achieving that? Are you buying very high-risk dividend-type stocks? So I would like to look in deeper into that. The other one is called Invesco S&P 500 High Dividend Low Value Stock, but their dividend is 3.5%. That one is much more reasonable based on the market and what it's providing. Uh, so I'm more, I would actually be more comfortable with collecting that smaller dividend than the higher dividend. Because I know what the S&P 500 low volatility high dividend index is. The other one, I'm not sure what they're doing. The other one, remember, is getting 10%. Don't fall in love with the yield, the dividend yield, if it's not sustainable. You want something that's sustainable. So I would make very careful, I would make sure that the stocks inside that fund, I'd look at the top 10, 15 holdings and take a look at how they're achieving that high dividend yield. Okay, that's the only thing. I would suggest. But I do like the S&P 500 high dividend, low value uh, fund ETF. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, everybody. Love to talk to you. Facts about oil and and our oil in particular. Number one is we are the largest producer of oil at, at 11 million barrels a day currently. We are the largest producer of oil. We're not. You know, Saudi Arabia is number two. Um, everybody thinks that, you know, we're, we've fallen behind. Well, we did, but now we're not. Number two, oil production in the U.S. is still climbing. Oil production is still climbing. Not as fast as it was, but it is still climbing. Number three, demand for more oil worldwide is still climbing and will be doing so for at least 10 more years, another decade. So I know everybody's talking about, you know, the Green New Deal and everything is going to go electric and all that stuff, and that's great. I don't, I'm not arguing against that. I'm telling you that oil demand will still be here, will be going up, and there's no danger of it not going up. That's what I'm telling you. So, um, and we're still producing a lot of oil here in the United States. We are. We're producing a ton of it. And we can produce more if we wanted to. And we are increasing our production, but we're just not doing it as fast. And with the uh, refusal of allowing oil companies to drill and look for oil on public lands, which is a massive amount of land, it will slow down our increase in oil production. But we still are pretty darn high. Let's try a quick question from our 888-99 chart number. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Dan from Wisconsin. I have a question for you regarding uh, one main holdings. Symbol is OMF. I do not own it. It looks really good to me, and I would uh, like to purchase this. 
Uh, let me know what you think of the stock and uh, what might be a, a good buy point. Thank you. Bye. Okay, it's One Man Holdings, Inc. Um, out of uh, Indiana, Evansville. It has a market capitalization of $6.2 billion, so it's a mid-cap stock. They make money. They've made money for quite some time. It's a $47.54 stock. It's going to make $8.67 this year and $9.11 next year. So what does it do? Provides personal loans to a network of 1,400 branches in 44 states and through, uh, through, it uh, looks like through iLoan. It's internet uh, function. Uh, sales is growing fairly slow, 2% in the most recent quarter, December quarter, 7% the quarter before that. And then the four quarters before that, it was shrinking a little bit. So I'm not sure, you know, dividends 8%. Cash flow is very strong at 9.77. Return on equity is very good at 40%. Um, it certainly looks like a pretty healthy company. It was charged, it was got up to about $60 a share. Now it's 47.54. Had a pretty decent down day uh, today. So um, from the raw numbers, it looks pretty, it's a pretty good value from the raw numbers that I see here. Um, you're going to want to know, let's see, includes $2 million charge for direct costs associated with COVID-19. I'm trying to see why, uh, why is it selling so low price compared to its fundamentals? I mean, that's a 5 PE. It's pretty low. Looks pretty good to me. It does. If you listen to Invest Talk on a regular basis, you already know that it's unwise to rely solely on Social Security, especially the funds that, that for your retirement. But if you deserve, but if you deserve the benefits, they add to your financial comfort. So as we go to break, here my here's my trivia question. Can you name the six reasons why you might not be able to receive Social Security benefits? After the break, I'll give I'll give the answer. For now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant 
with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to InvestTalk, and we've all been watching the news and market volatility. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready with unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I gave you my trivia question. Can you name the six reasons why you might not be able to receive Social Security benefits? Now, for many Americans, work and Social Security benefits are the golden carrot awaiting them at the end of their long career. However, not every worker gets to look forward to these benefits. So you better know what they are. Number one, not enough Social Security credits. You have to earn four. The maximum credits you can earn in Social Security benefits is four a year. And you have to earn 40 of them to be able to qualify to collect Social Security. So that means you got to pay into the system is basically what that says. You're one of the certain types of government employees. There are certain government employees that don't get Social Security benefits because they even have a pension. You know, they have a civil service retirement system. Are they a railroad worker that has a pension? Foreign nationals nationals who work in the United States for their home governments? Most safety personnel, first responders such as police and firefighters because they have their pensions? and many K through 12 teachers because of their pensions. Number three, if you pay failed to pay self-employment tax, so if you are self-employed, you had to pay not only your Social Security taxes, remember, you say you're, the, you're your only employee, you are it. You had to pay Social Security taxes on your the income you take in, and then you have to double that as an employer of yourself. Sounds fair? Okay. Remember, as an employee of a company, your employer, I know this for a fact because I am I hire, I have employees, that not only the employee has to pay it out of his paycheck, but the employer has to match every, everything that employee pays. Uh, number five, if you, retire, if you retire to some foreign countries, not all foreign countries get payments paid to them. For instance, the U.S. will not mail your payment to Belarus, Cuba, Kazakhstan, and North Korea. Don't get it. And then some immigrants, immigrants who came to the United States later in life have not been able to earn the 40 necessary credits. They won't get Social Security benefits. Those are the reasons. Let's go to Bob in Ohio. Bob. 
Hey, I actually had a question on Albemarle Corporation, uh, stock ticker ALB. Um, it's about 23% down for the past six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it pays a small dividend, but I think in the future, because it's a lithium battery producer, I think you can do pretty well and it's up high pretty much. Okay. Um, it is a $22 billion company, so it's not small. It's a large cap company. It's symbol is ALB, Albemarle Corporation, out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Makes polymer additives, catalysts, and fine chemicals for their refining, consumer electronics, and other markets. It's going to make $6.12 this year after making $4.04 a share last year. Next year, it's going to make $8.35. So the fundamentals look pretty strong. Sales growth is in the single digits, high single digits, uh, usually in the last four quarters. Uh, only a 10% return on equity, and that's kind of a, kind of small. Uh, let's see. Cash flow is strong. Uh, management owns 1%. Mutual funds have been buying it. So it's moved up from the COVID low of like $50 to 100, almost 200 and something, close to $300 a share. Now it's 186 So the question is, is this a good price? Can make eight dollars and thirty-five cents, one hundred eighty-six dollars stock. So uh, it's 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 not cheap, but it's not expensive either at this point. It looks like it should find support right around one hundred eighty to one hundred ninety dollars, and it's at one eighty-six now. So this might be a good buy point for it. The next da- next downstroke would be about one forty. That's also a pretty good buy point right in that area. So it's a good solid company, maybe just a little bit overpriced, but their earnings are dramatically increasing going forward. Kind of like that part. Bob, thanks for the call. Okay, let's tackle tackle another iTunes call review question. Uh, This is from KD. I'm wondering what would be a good buy point for EXPD Expeditors International of Washington. I do not own any, but would like to buy some. So let's go to EXPD. Expeditors International, Washington, Inc. provides global logistics services, the consolidation uh, or forwarding of air and ocean freight. $17 billion company. Has really high sales right now. Last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Quarters are 40, 50, 70, 80% growth in sales. It's going to make, it made $8.27 last year. This year it's going to make $7.10. Why is it going down with that kind of sales? I'm not sure. And the year after, it's scheduled to make $5.89. Well, it's a $101 stock. Why is uh, earnings going down when sales are going up? I, I don't understand that. When sales go up, earnings should go up. You know, what, what is it? Your costs are increasing? You're spending more on research and development? What, your capital expenditure is going up? Why? The stock has fallen uh, probably because the future earnings don't look so great. It was 137. Now it's at 101. He wanted, you wanted a no good buy point. Well, the good buy point is right around $90, $91, $92. That's a good buy point. 
It could hold here, but doesn't look like it will to me. Okay? That's uh, EXPD. EXPD. Um, let's see. What else we got going here? Um, I do like to take a little time out, usually during the show sometime, uh, to talk about KPP. It is the first trading day of March, by the way. And February is behind us. Certainly happened pretty fast. But, you know, our our firm, our firm meaning Justin and I, my firm, we're in Irvine, California. That's in uh, uh, between Orange County and San Diego County. You know, you got L.A., Orange, and San Diego going down. So we're in between L.A. and San Diego County. Uh, it's KPP Financial, the name of our firm. We operate with a kind of a little bit different philosophy, independent thinking and shared success. And that philosophy means we we buy and sell the same things for our clients as we do for ourselves. We also do our own research. We buy data, but we do our own research. We don't buy stock ideas. We don't uh, rely on somebody else to tell us what we should buy or not buy. We do all our own work. Um, um, being in Irvine, California, we would be love to. We, we can operate anywhere in the United States, and we would love to take a look at your portfolio, talk to you, take a look to help you with it you don't have to become a client we'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio if you want us to all you do is send it to us go to investtalk.com click on the contact us button and send me an email me or justin and we definitely the firm we are justin or at least one of our other employees we don't we don't have some big huge staff we'll be in contact usually it's justin or i okay so we love to talk to you give us a call we want to help you we really do Next up, we will go back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank. Remember, the phone lines are never closed. 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Duncan from New York. I just wanted to ask a quick question about what to do when you're planning on investing in more value stocks that have dividends. I was listening to a couple of podcasts ago that I, I just wanted to confirm, is it better to put it in a taxable account or a retirement account? I have both, but with this change in the economic scenery, I just didn't know if I should, you know, I, I want to do both. So can you just clarify the benefits and the disadvantages of a dividend paying stock in a taxable and a non-retirement, or sorry, a retirement account? Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye. Well, the dividend-paying stocks can, can obviously go in both. But try to remember that if you're looking for a lot of growth and not necessarily a dividend-paying stock, that type of portfolio should probably go into the tax-deferred account, the IRA. So that kind of, by default, leaves you with the other account to have the dividend-paying stocks. 
Remember, you know, uh, you don't have to pay any capital gains tax in the retirement accounts, okay? If if you buy something and it shoots up and you sell it and you have great capital gains, you don't have to worry about taxes. And most high dividend payers are not fast growers. They're just, they're, they may be slow growers, but they pay consistent dividends every year. And that's really what you're looking for. So that might be more suited, and I say might be because it depends on you and your situation, be more suited for the taxable account and the non-taxable for your high-growth, high-speculative stocks. That might be more suitable. But if you're a conservative person, it may not be. It depends on you and what kind of risk you are comfortable with taking. But that's a very good question, by the way. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Uh, Russian's currency is one cent per dollar right now. It's fallen from what? Nah, what was it? Uh, 12 cents or so? Um, they, moved, they moved up their interest rate. They're trying to support their currency. They moved up the interest rate to 20% on any debt you buy, Russian debt, from 9.5%. Of course, Moving up to twenty percent means very little when you they're losing yeah you know, when you lose more than ninety percent of your value on the currency itself doesn't really make a lot doesn't help you a lot so also Russia can't get to it one of the reasons why the money their currencies collapsed they can't get to their foreign reserves they have fourteen trillion in rubles and one point one trillion in dollars and their central bank can't access it with the with the current um, the penalties that uh, restrictions that the rest of the world has placed on Russia. So that's a problem for them. So their central bank has stated that the 60 trillion rubles in people's accounts, personal accounts in Russia, may have to be confiscated by the Russian government. Oh, isn't that wonderful for you people who saved your money in there in Russia? Isn't that just wonderful? All because Putin wants to take over uh, uh, Ukraine. I, I tell you, he certainly doesn't care about his citizens and his own country. He certainly does not. And I noticed that there was huge buying of cryptocurrencies by Russians over the last few days, trying to get away from the ruble. You know, who wants to hold on to that? Nobody. So, I, I'm just saying, look look what he's de- he's destroying his Russian economy, he's destroying the savings of his Russian citizens, and for what? For what? Kind of makes you think, is the man crazy? What, what's wrong? What, of, course he, of course, he's a multi-billionaire. I wonder how he made that money since he's just a politician for all these. <laughs> and, of course, all his friends are multi-oligarch billionaires. But he is destroying a lot of his friends' money, of course. And his friends can't get to their own money if it's stored offshore somewhere, can they? So it's it's pretty tense there in Russia. And what has he done? Double down on his attacking uh, Ukraine. I don't know what he's done in the last couple hours, <laughs> but it seems like that's what he's doing. How about being stupid about and I, I, I think it's all about power. I mean, what, what else reason could there be? Now, it might be because he fears NATO and Ukraine was talking about becoming NATO. But NATO, it's, it's unreasonable. NATO is not going to invade Russia. 
never, never even a thought of invading Russia. So what is he worried about? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Seems like a little screw loose there to me somewhere. 888-99 chart. Let's slip in another question call. 888. This one came from 888-992-4278. This came from San Diego. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Rose calling from San Diego. I have a question about Invesco Senior Income Trust. The symbol is VVR. They invest in floating rate bank loans. They invest globally. It is a closed-end fund, and uh, they use 30% leverage. Just wondering if this is a good place to keep some cash just because of the dividend. They do pay monthly 5.7%. They're trading right now below their net asset value. And since it's floating rates that they invest in, I'm wondering if this will maintain its price since they're not fixed loans. I'll wait to hear your opinion on the podcast, which I listen to daily and love them. Thank you. Bye-bye. Senior Income Trust, VVR. We'll talk about this after break. Um, but uh, this is the mess talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. We always do. And the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's uh, let's continue our analysis of VVR, Vesco Senior Income Trust, VVR, Victor Victor Robert. It's a closed-in fund, as the caller suggested, seeking high-level current income with consistent capital preservation. No growth. In other words, it wants to keep the capital but throw off a lot of income. And it pays a 5.8% dividend right now. Being a closed-in fund, uh, she mentioned that it was selling at a 5% discount to the net asset value. Closed-in funds can sell at a discount or a premium to their value of what their holdings are. So this is a 5% discount, which is always nice. Um, it's going to stay consistent price-wise, $4.33. Um, it's trying to maintain that consistent price anyways. Um, and, you know, it's probably pretty stable as far as their dividend. They just announced a $0.21 cent dividend just not too long ago, beginning of February. So I, I kind of like it, but I want to know exactly how they're achieving that dividend. I'd like to take a look at, closer if we could. Okay. Let's talk to Gene in North Carolina. I want to talk about Russian currency. Hi, Gene. Hi. I want to talk about uh, Russian currency and sure. the, the, the uh, current bonds that they offer. You said that it's a very high interest rate? Yes. That's what they said. It, isn't that the problem that the Soviet Union had before they dissolved in 1991, that their, that their bond rating got uh, degraded and, and it became junk status and they, they just couldn't service their debt? Yep, same thing is happening at this point, junk status as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about servicing the debt, but they're going to have a hard time because, you know, they've been, they've been, they're being excluded out of the international banking system. So, 
So, it sounds like maybe the only one, only one who will be able to help them uh, buy their bonds up may be China or something. Exactly. That's the only friends that they have so far that we know about. Yeah. You're exactly right, Gene. It's going to be – I would stay away from them. It's too risky. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the call, Gene. Thank you. Sid in Toronto. How you doing, Sid? Hi, Steve. Good evening. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and thanks for all the wonderful education. I am looking for AXSM. Okay. It's in my radar, but today was earning, and I think it's already sued up 10%. Uh, I'm not sure whether this is a long-term good stock uh, because some of the numbers are not clear, and they are not consistent across when I look at on the Google or Yahoo. But I would like to take your opinion, and if it's a good stock, what would be the buying point in your opinion? Thank you so much for your wonderful support. Thank you. This is Axiom Therapeutics, AXSM, develops therapies for the treatment of pain and other central nervous system disorders. $1.1 billion company. The problem is, is it doesn't make money. It's never made money in the last 12 years. Every year it loses money. It's going to lose $3.73 this year. Next year, $2.32 a share. And it has a negative cash load of $2.42 a share. Management owns 26%. So you are thinking, you should be thinking, and they should be thinking, we need to get this company making some money. Uh, right now, it doesn't have any reported sales. So I would stay away from this. This is not a company that you want to own. It has 42% debt. Uh, I'm, I'm not, The only way it can keep going is sell more shares in the open market, selling for $31. I don't know what it has in its lineup, you know, phase one, two, and three drugs or whatever, but, you know, right now it does not look very good. I would not be a buyer of this stock. It got up to over $100 a share a year and a half or so ago. So now it's 31 I'd stay away from it. It's not something I would like to buy. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program, everybody. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. You know, we've been doing this for a number of years, podcasting, and we do appreciate all those who do download it and listen to the show. Remember, you can still call, even though you know we're not live. You can call anytime you want. Leave your question. You can get your podcast anytime free from iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if, if you do rate us on iTunes, which you, we really would encourage you to do, you can ask a question and we'll get to it right away. We promise. Okay? Uh, any financial question will be fine. We don't do anything but financial questions. I saw one in, on there that wasn't, so just remind me. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Have a great night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. 
For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 